0: Plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening.
1: Ice storm. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. You yeah, travel advisories in effect today as a messy mix of wintry precip envelops the listening area. Scores of schools in New York and Pennsylvania shut down for the day due to unsafe road conditions. Meteorologist Mike Saika with WIVB-TV says it's a watch your step sort of day for sure. Walk like a penguin, okay?
2: (laughs) because it's going to start to ice up. This is pretty solid, so everybody's going to be dealing with some of this.
1: Snow showers and freezing rain could make for some tricky travel this afternoon. John Hitchcock with the National Weather Service in
3: Buffalo. As the snow falls, it's going to be close to freezing, so it's quite a bit warmer than it has been the last few days, so the snow that's on the ground already. is turning slushy, and the new snow we get today will be slushy in nature. And then tomorrow, uh, we get even warmer So this wintry mix and snow we have today will change to all rain as we go through the night tonight. And then tomorrow through Thursday, uh, we'll have occasional periods of light rain and temperatures well into the 40s. So uh, we begin to melt the snow in earnest as we go into tomorrow and Thursday. Who gets what,
1: where, and when? Our meteorologist Kevin Williams has your forecast on the way. Voters in New Hampshire have an important decision to make today. Each
4: and every one of you is going to cast the most important vote of your entire life it's
1: primary day in the granite state and augusta from exeter new hampshire is all in for donald trump
4: my reason for supporting trump is that what he did
1: before what he can do there are a lot of people that are purely anti-trump and i understand that but i think they don't see the real trump and i think they don't see what
0: what he accomplished i mean one of the major things i think was the economy
1: But Nikki Haley thinks she has the best shot of defeating President Biden on November 5th.
0: You look at any of these general election polls, any of them, Trump and Biden, it's a dead heat. It's going to be a nail biter of an election. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're scared that it'll be 2018, 2020, 2022 all over again. I'm in every one of those same general election polls. And I defeat Biden by up to 17 points.
1: (laughs) The economy, immigration, and threats to democracy were cited as the top concerns of voters going into the New Hampshire primary. President Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and her husband are all appearing together at a campaign event in Northern Virginia. The focus of that rally is abortion rights.
4: We need these protections in every state because your family to have access to health care should not depend on your zip code.
1: Critics say the president is wrong to assume that abortion is health care. We
3: must emphasize we are pro-mother. Show compassion on the issue, lay out our plan to help single women who are pregnant in this country,
0: vulnerable women.
1: Political commentator Kaylee McEnany, the former press secretary for Donald Trump. The U.S. Supreme Court says federal border agents can tear down 30 miles of razor wire in Texas. It was put up to keep illegal immigrants out. Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Mr decision makes me angry, and, and, and even more angry is listening to Joe Biden just flat-out lie. He doesn't want to solve it. He doesn't want to prevent it. He wants more. A federal appeals court in New Orleans could still rule in favor of Texas and the razor wire, which the governor of Texas insists is necessary to stem the flow of asylum seekers. Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez.
4: There is no amount of razor wire
3: that will prevent somebody who's traveled 2,000 miles I'd like for us to talk about
2: how do we stem somebody from even starting that journey.
1: He says the United States must leverage its authority with Mexico to prevent the mass migration in the first place. Well, yesterday was the deadliest day for Israeli troops since the war with Hamas started. 24 reservists were killed, 21 in a single incident. They died when a rocket propelled grenade hit a tank, which set off explosions in two buildings that the Israelis were using to plant mines. This Jewish woman stunned by the news. It's
4: terrible, but we gotta do what we gotta do to so that uh, October 7th doesn't happen again. It's the price of war, which is difficult.
1: Prime Minister Netanyahu called it one of the hardest days since the war began. A man suspected of killing eight near Chicago found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in Texas following a confrontation with U.S. Marshals. The victims were found at three different locations over the course of two days
3: i've been a policeman 29 years
0: uh this is probably the worst crime scene i've ever been associated with
1: joliet illinois police chief bill evans says the 23 year old gunman knew his victims authorities still trying to piece together a motive the oscar nods were announced today for the upcoming 96th annual academy Awards show in a race
3: against the nazis
5: and i know what it means if the
0: nazis
1: have a bomb the christopher nolan hit oppenheimer led the way with 13 nominations this year the oscars will be handed out sunday night march 10th on abc still to come on the noon report for a tuesday narcan vending machines rolling back abortion regs and it's PETA
3: versus punksutawney good afternoon i'm kevin williams tracking snow and some ice across our region this afternoon I'll be back with the complete forecast in 10 minutes.
1: Okay, Kevin, thank you very much. We mentioned yesterday that this week's January thaw might cause some structural issues in homes in western New York, where there's a lot of snow on the ground and on the roofs as well. This roofer says if homeowners do not take the time to clear their roof of ice
5: and snow, there could be some major problems down the road. Once it gets past the shingles, it's guaranteed that it goes into your house. So first it'll get into your insulation and slowly it'll seep right into your drywall
1: that roofer from buffalo says insulation and ventilation are key to keeping those huge icicles from forming on your house he says they may be pretty to look at but they can cause some major league damage to your home pennsylvania democrats want to roll back decade-old safety regulations at the commonwealth's 19 abortion clinic
2: senseless restrictions still exist in pennsylvania that block access to safe abortion.
3: These requirements force abortion providers to shut
1: their doors. State
2: Representative Mary
1: Isaacson calls the regulations sexist. We don't
2: require such restrictions when a man wants to get a vasectomy. So it's about time that we roll back these restrictions.
1: These safety procedures were adopted in the aftermath of the Dr. Kermit Gosnell House of Horrors tragedy in Philadelphia. This is the guy that ran a clinic where mothers and babies died in unregulated and unsanitary conditions.
5: The grand jury that uh, released a report f- after the Kermit Gosnell uh, investigation basically said that the abortion clinics in Pennsylvania were regulated less regulated than nail salons
1: and that women were put at risk. Michael Gere with the Pennsylvania Family Institute calls the rollback effort the next logical step in the emboldened pro-abortion movement. They think they should be free to do whatever they want to do, put women's health at risk, put babies certainly at risk uh, when when they go into an abortion clinic. One of the regulations the Democrats object to requires abortion clinics adhere to the same medical standards as hospitals. Former President Trump will be in Harrisburg next month speaking to gun rights groups at an NRA convention. He'll be the keynote speaker on Friday, February 9th at the Pennsylvania Farm Show Complex. This will be Trump's first official visit to Pennsylvania this year and his first in the Commonwealth since a rally in Erie last summer. 200,000 people attended last year's gun rights rally. New York Governor Kathy Hochul leading a coalition of governors that have signed off on a letter calling for a federal solution to the migrant crisis. Here's correspondent Scott Pringle. The
4: letter states that the sustained
0: arrival of migrants requiring shelter and assistance due to the lack of congressional action can only be addressed with federal organizational support and funding. The governors of New York, New Jersey, and seven other states signed this letter that's being sent to the White House and congressional leaders. They're asking for $1.5 billion in migrant aid for states and localities, as well as the passage of comprehensive border
1: security legislation. Scott Pringle, New York. All right, Scott, thank you. A man assigned to help deter people away from a life of crime in Rochester, New York, is now accused of leading a drug drug trafficking ring. The past few years, this guy, 46-year-old Tim Jackson, was a street outreach worker for Pathways to Peace. Now he's on paid leave pending the outcome of this investigation. Police say Jackson used multiple homes in the city of Rochester to store and distribute illegal drugs. An Elma, New York man near Buffalo has been indicted on murder charges for a grisly homicide that happened last month. 61 year old Frank Letario accused of killing his longtime girlfriend, 62-year-old Jill Harris, with a crossbow. Erie County DA John Flynn says he's never prosecuted a case like
2: this. We obviously want to know more about what happened at the scene. You know, this is not like Robin Hood pulling an arrow out and you know, keep doing it. You gotta, you gotta load the crossbow
0: up and put it together and shoot it with the trigger, and then load it up again.
1: The victim was shot three times in the living room of her. Police say prior to that incident, there was never any history of domestic violence with Letario, who next appears in court next month. If convicted, he faces 25 to life. New York's getting nearly $230 million from Uncle Sam to help improve high speed internet service in underserved communities. The Connect All infrastructure program will bring broadband service to tens of thousands of homes. Homes all across the Empire State. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says broadband is as necessary to the economy today as the railways were back in the 1800s. Senator Schumer also wants action to address the shortage of RSV vaccine. RSV is a respiratory illness that can be especially dangerous to young children. Schumer wants vaccine makers to pump out more product because parents are in desperate Need of it. We
0: can't let this become a crisis. With everyone working together, we can prevent these shortages. As a grandfather of three beautiful young children, um, there's nothing more terrifying for a grandparent or a parent than the thought of them getting sick and getting sick with something that's fairly serious RSV.
1: Schumer says there is a shortage of the chemicals that go into making the RSV vaccine. New York communities are getting creative in addressing the ongoing opioid epidemic. A new Narcan vending machine is open for business outside the Kenmore Fire Department. It's the first of its kind in western New York. Dr. Nancy Nielsen with the Jacobs School of Medicine.
0: People who are addicted to substances are not morally failing. They have a disease. And we can only help them if they are alive. Dr.
1: Allison Brashears, an expert on substance abuse disorder. These
0: machines symbolize a vital step towards increasing access to life-saving medication, and beginning to chip away at the stigma that comes with substance use disorder. About
1: a dozen of these Narcan vending machines are in operation now across New York. Next Friday is Groundhog Day, don't you know? And an animal rights group wants changes to the ceremony in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has offered to send a giant gold coin to replace Phil, saying his weather predictions are no more reliable than a coin toss, and Phil's should be allowed to live out his days at a reputable sanctuary. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania has been hosting Groundhog Day since 1877. The Buffalo Bills cleaned out their lockers yesterday following that gut-wrenching loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Despite winning their fourth straight AFC East title, the Bills were eliminated again from the playoffs by the Chiefs. Third time in
3: four years that's happened. Bills quarterback Josh Allen. It's the real. On the bright side, we woke up this morning, right? We're we're all here. Losing's never fun. It's not something we're going to hide from. You know, we got to, we got to take it on the chin and continue to learn and get better. And I know that's not what people want to hear. Uh, they want to see results. We want to see results. We're just like you guys. We we want to win. That's the fact. And uh, at the end of the season, there's one happy team. And we're going to keep fighting and keep working as hard as we can until, until we are that one team.
1: Bill's safety, Micah Hyde, suggesting yesterday that he's considering retirement but has made no final decision. Let's talk more more Sports Next, it's the
5: two-minute drill on Family Life. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, you score 62 points in a game, and you gotta believe you are the highest scoring player for the night in the NBA. Nope. Somebody else went off for 70, and he is a beast. Joel Embiid made history in Philadelphia last night, setting a single-game scoring record for the 76ers with 70 points. Wilt Chamberlain had the record with 68 setback in 1967 and mead's previous high was 59 points in a game last season and he also set a career high for rebounds in this 70 point game he grabbed 18 of them on a side note the 76ers won the game 133 to 123 over the san antonio spurs so who was the poor chap who scored 62 points and nobody's really talking about him Carl Anthony Towns he set a franchise record with his outburst however the Charlotte Hornets came back from an 18 point deficit and stunned the Timberwolves 128 to 125 and that kind of put a damper on Towns' performance Elsewhere, the Bucks beat Detroit, 122-113. The Cavs, no trouble with Orlando, 126-99. It was Memphis, 108-100 winners over Toronto. The Mavs fell to the Celtics, 119-110. Phoenix squeaked past Chicago, 115-113. And the Kings down the Hawks, 122-107. On the ice, Lars Eller and Sidney Crosby both scored goals for the Penguins. But it wasn't enough as the Coyotes dominated Pittsburgh 5-2. The Bruins, Devils, Panthers, Canucks, and Sharks also skated to victory. And some baseball news. The Pittsburgh Pirates have signed flamethrower Araldus Chapman to a one-year contract. That is a look at sports.
1: All right, Randy, thank you. Still to come, make her break for Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. Biden all in on abortion. And Kev says inclement weather. Causing some tricky travel today. His forecast is yours right
2: after this. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Ideas tend to sprout up in academia, but the ones that matter never stay there. Even when birthed in seemingly abstract fields like epistemology, which means the study of knowledge, ideas can have a major impact on culture. This is especially evident in the modern to postmodern shift, that's the shift from an Objective and verifiable understanding of truth to a subjective and socially constructed understanding of truth. That shift has landed us in what may be called standpoint epistemology. That's a label for the view that everything we think and know is determined solely by our race, our so called gender, our sexual orientation, or our socioeconomic status, or some other identity category. Objectivity in this view is simply impossible. No perspective can claim superiority over any other since there's no external standard by which to measure anything. Standpoint epistemology is essential in critical theory, especially the priority of championing marginal voices, specifically those voices from groups that are seen as victims, as oppressed, or invisible in Western societies. These groups not only have a particularly important but often overlooked perspective, but one that's considered to be more valid and more valuable than any from any privileged groups. Or, to paraphrase George Orwell, all perspectives are equal, but some are more equal than others. Standpoint epistemology has had a keenly negative effect on the humanities. Classics such as Homer or Shakespeare are often replaced, not with classics from non-Western cultures, but by works that reflect the contemporary fads of academics. In the study of history, the truth of standpoint epistemology is treated as universal and absolute, which, of course, contradicts it. Western history in particular is reduced to a simplistic morality play where everything is seen in the terms of power dynamics with evil oppressors and the virtuous oppressed. It is assumed that since history is written by the winners, the narrative priority should be to subvert traditional history, highlighting marginal voices to show that the winners were actually just oppressors. Western history, therefore, is mostly seen through the lens of colonial studies, the story of villainous colonizers and innocent indigenous people. Though true up to a point, telling the story only in this way ignores verifiable historical facts and force fits history into a framework that's dictated by contemporary sensibilities. In practice, this means that Spanish brutality in Mexico is condemned as intolerable, while the slavery, oppression, and human sacrifice of the Aztecs, well, that's nuanced, overlooked, maybe even celebrated. The United States is an imperial power, unjustly driving indigenous tribes off their lands. But tribes that did the same thing to their equally indigenous neighbors, well, that's excusable. If standpoint of epistemology is true, then it is impossible to understand the past, much less to learn from it. People are stripped of a true understanding of their history and culture, and thus of a critical part of their identity. Non-Westerners are basically dehumanized, stripped of agency, reduced to pawns of the more powerful. Long embedded in the humanities, these same ideas are now making inroads into the stem fields some school districts, for example, the idea that there are right and wrong answers in math is presented as an example of white supremacy and oppression. Of course, the same mathematics that are used to build a bridge in the U.S. also used in Africa, but that doesn't matter to the ideologues that promote these ideas. This misguided embrace of standpoint epistemology will in the end make it far more difficult for students to pursue careers in business and finance and engineering or the sciences we often say ideas have consequences bad ideas have victims standpoint epistemology is a bad idea and we've only now begun to see the victims that will be left in its wake for the colson center i'm john stone street with breakpoint
3: all right
1: john thank you time to take this show outside next a very busy kevin williams
3: <laughs> Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. It's cloudy, snow in New York State, an icy mix tapering in Pennsylvania. Temperatures this afternoon peaking in the 30s. Tonight, the icy mix will continue in parts of New York State before tapering. In Pennsylvania, it's a couple of rain showers. Temperatures rising tonight in the 30s. Then tomorrow, it's cloudy, a little rain or drizzle, high temps, low 40s, and we're in the 40s with a bit of rain and fog on Thursday.
1: All right, Kevin, thank you very much. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Here's what's happening Tuesday the 23rd of January. It's a make or break day for GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley as she makes a final pitch to the voters in the New Hampshire primary.
0: We've got a lot on the line here, we really do.
1: Polls show her trailing Donald Trump who claims there's no path to victory for his former ambassador.
0: Now we're down to two people and I think one person
1: will be gone probably tomorrow. Experts say if Haley doesn't turn in a strong performance tonight, it's curtains for her and her presidential aspiration.
2: We've seen surprises in a few past New Hampshire primaries. This would be a surprise for the ages if Haley is able to pull us out today.
1: Political pundit Steve Kornacki says if Trump trounces Haley, it might mean the earliest ever that we've arrived at the general election season.
2: Before this, the earliest a general election ever started. 2000 for March 3rd, the Kerry-Bush matchup was set then. If this were to get set this week, by far, this would be the longest general election ever.
1: President Biden and Vice President Harris along with their spouses attending an abortion rights rally in Virginia today. Democrats have made the abortion issue a key issue in the 2024 race for the White House. As well, they should, says Meredith Outerkirk with Planned Parenthood.
0: Roe versus Wade was never the ceiling of reproductive freedom. It was always the floor. So we're here talking about how we can reimagine a freedom of reproductive rights access.
1: Pro-life activist Michelle a akorsi with Feminists Choosing Life.
0: We see since Roe has been overturned, abortions have increased, especially here in New York State. We need to address the reasons that drive women to abortion. The lack of affordable child care. The lack of paid parental leave.
1: She fears if Democrats win the White House in 2020. 24, It will be open season on unborn babies in all 50 states. The Israeli army says 21 of its soldiers were killed today in the deadliest attack on the IDF since the war with Hamas began. The
0: Israeli military says that a missile was fired at a tank close to two buildings in which its forces were operating in central Gaza, close to the Israeli border. It's thought the buildings collapsed because explosives had been placed inside to demolish them.
1: The BBC's Yolan News. Now, a divided Supreme Court is allowing Border Patrol agents to cut down 30 miles of razor wire in South Texas
5: while a lawsuit over
1: the matter continues.
5: The U.S. Supreme Court reversing a lower court decision that blocked federal agents from removing the razor wire put in place as part of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's border security effort. This is an invasion
4: by people. We don't know who they are, where they're coming from, or the danger they may pose. And so it's right for Texas to have taken the steps that we have taken to crack down
5: on the illegal crossings the biden administration successfully arguing the wire obstructed border patrol's ability to process migrants and to help those in distress chief justice john roberts and justice amy cody barrett siding with the court's three liberals chris
1: fox austin you're tuned into the noon report a tuesday edition on the family life radio network
0: Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. This week's guest is Casey Jones with Allegheny Hope, a Christian organization focused on building healthy communities through healthy families.
4: Allegheny Hope is a Christian nonprofit organization. It started over 15 years ago up in Houghton, New York. It had a broad charter, uh, but primarily focused at the time on the issues of literacy. But in recent years, as the pandemic was kicking in, I got involved in it and have expanded it to a broader vision of really building healthy communities. Through healthy families. And one of the goals of that is bringing Christian churches and organizations together along with others to do more in a community with a lot less proportional effort on the part of all involved. As an organization, we talk all the time about holistic health, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. I often equate that with like a three-legged stool. If one leg is out of balance, everything's out of balance. Even the federal government recognizes those three components. But we consistently have been to a lot of government-funded trainings of which all three components are on the screen at the beginning of the presentation. But the discussion talks about only physical and mental-emotional health. It doesn't uh, get into the spiritual piece. And so we uh, try to do that. Have been
0: able to find some, some synergy, if you will, between some of the area churches to kind of combine forces on some things?
4: We are focused right now on working with the Churches of Friendship New York to help build a healthy fit family and community relationships. A couple pastors of churches there expressed an interest in working together, not primarily for their own churches, but for God's purposes. And so Allegheny Hope has been assisting in facilitating coming together in some of those areas and also helping to identify resources which God has provided us in bringing those pieces into focus over the years. It's been really an evolving process. In January a year ago, we hosted a dinner for all the pastors and spouses in the community and presented some ideas as to how churches could do more uh, by working together. In July, we started monthly luncheon meetings at which many of these approaches are not only being discussed, but even more important, are being acted upon. I've been to a lot of meetings over the years in which the same things are talked about over and over again, but they don't get moved forward. We've been able to uh, come together in order to do that, and uh, we've developed greater awareness in the community about those churches and what they're doing and uh, what was available, plus a lot of new things that have occurred. We've had over two dozen activities that we have either been directly involved, in or been involved in indirectly promoting them uh, to the general public. Uh, for instance, one of those is Family Life's Youth Theater uh, that's held in Friendship during the summer. We also set up a new Family Day that's a national celebration. What we try to do is just develop things that expose what God is doing in the community. Late July last year, uh, we launched a What God is Doing in Friendship New York presence on Facebook and then um, immediately started publishing our first monthly newsletter. All of those things go together. No single church, particularly with small congregation sizes like we have in friendship, would have been able to accomplish more than two or three of these activities by themselves. In fact, a lot of larger churches don't do that many. But together, we've been able to have a constant presence for the Lord being demonstrated in the broader community. The community has been responding. They really like the idea that churches are working together. That's been my experience over the years is that one of the things that keep people away from churches is because they don't work together. Our focus entirely is upon what does God want done and how how do we do that? Uh, regardless of what's going on in our individual churches, the focus is all on God, not upon what we're trying to create for ourselves.
0: We've seen, you know, post-pandemic when some churches have struggled to you know, regain what congregation they had, especially in person, having that banding together, especially in a rural area like Allegheny, it just seems like this is a, a perfect fit to help everybody get more done.
4: Well, that's absolutely true. All of the studies that I've seen indicate the problem that churches had was they went silent or they were fighting during the pandemic. And as a result of that, nothing happened. Uh, The churches that actually expanded and increased membership, increased salvations, increased baptisms, and so forth like that, were churches that were out in the community helping to determine how we can we help the community versus staying home and trying to figure out why people aren't coming to see us. That's a big difference in regard to churches that are growing and what is sometimes referred to as a 75% that are either stagnated or are in decline. And some of them are basically ready for last rights.
0: As we enter into the 2020s where divisiveness is just rampant, efforts like this to bring together instead of divide really just seem to be all the more crucial.
4: That's absolutely true. This has been that way f- as long as I can remember the whole aspect of how can we come together and do 90% of the things that we can agree to versus be focused upon the 10% of things that we can't focus on at all. I mean, there are basics that you can't compromise. The Lord says this is the way it is and you don't compromise on those. That's why we have so many denominations. There's are small things that people can't agree to and they go out and form their own. As a result of that, many, many people shy away from the church because they say, well, if they can't agree upon what they're doing, why should I get involved in that mess? Where what is happening in friendship, a lot of things that can be done if we're focused on what the real issue is. And that's what God want done, not us.
0: That's Casey Jones with Allegheny Hope, a Christian organization focused on building healthy communities through healthy families. Please join us again next time as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. All right, Mark, thank you very much. And Hometown Heroes
1: comes your way every Tuesday during the Noon Report or online anytime at familylife.org.
3: Good afternoon. Here is your family life regional weather forecast. The disturbance that has brought snow and ice to the Midwest will be doing the same here this afternoon into tonight. In its wake, milder air moves in. Temperatures will break 40 tomorrow and Thursday. Keeping a rise on the weekend though, another system could arrive with a range of snow scenario Sunday into Monday. For this afternoon, it's cloudy, snow in New York State, an icy mix tapering in Pennsylvania. Temperatures this afternoon peaking in the 30s. Tonight, the icy mix will continue in parts of New York State before tapering and Pennsylvania, it's a couple of rain showers, temperatures rising tonight in the 30s. Then tomorrow, it's cloudy, a little rain or drizzle, high temps, low 40s, and we're in the 40s with a bit of rain and fog on Thursday.
1: Okie doke. Thank you, Kevin. Watch your step out there, folks. And finally, at noon today, if you like to write, well, rejoice, because
2: today is just for you. If you keep a journal or handwritten to-do list, you probably appreciate the skill and slower pace of writing by hand. And today is the day to celebrate this form of communication as its National Handwriting Day. It's observed on January 23rd, the birthday of John Hancock, the first man to sign the Declaration of Independence, whose famous name is commonly used as a term for the word signature. For the development of early societies, it was a way to record transactions and pass on information to future users. In a world full of digital devices, handwriting is an important skill that can help sharpen your brain, slow the pace of your thoughts, and improve your memory. So today, try writing a letter, a diary entry, or a to-do list by hand and notice the difference for yourself, no matter how messy it might be. Brian Query, Family Life News. Celebrating the lost art
1: of penmanship. Thank you very much, Brian. And that's the world we live in, Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News.
0: You've been listening to The Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.